Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. You shouldn't fight the Irish on the north side. Otherwise, you'll end up laughing maniacally with your Tommy gun, fighting for your life in an apartment. And if you didn't want to wow. know that, then you shouldn't be listening to that show because that little gem, that little nugget, that little crystal of fact is a spoiler. And I have no idea what it's spoiling, to be honest. You sure? Yeah. Well, I have no idea. I, just I think have no you idea. do. Okay, maybe I do, maybe I don't. But either way, that's what we're here to do. We're here to potentially spoil things because this is the I'll aim tell, of the game. I'll tell you after the show. Okay, thank you. I need it. <laughs> You'll but be like, ah, oh, that makes sense. What we do on this show is we look at upcoming Hollywood blockbusters and we attempt to predict the plot of said Hollywood blockbusters from start to finish, therefore potentially spoiling the movie for you, dear listeners. Because that's the type of guys we are. Exactly, which is massive jerks. But <laughs> that's not what we're doing this but week. But that's why you're here, right? Because yeah, you love right. us. We're lovable jerks. You're here because we're not predicting a movie this week. We're actually trying to beat Hollywood to the punch by that's coming right. up with a plot for our very own movies. And this week, our challenge, should we choose to accept it? We already have. We have, so. We've done the work already. Is we're doing a prequel to Scarface. That's right. That's right. So this is something we like to do from time to time to add some spice, add some flavor to the show. And yeah, we're doing a prequel to Scarface, which I don't know if anyone wants that or if anyone's asking for it. And it's not the first time it's been done either. No way, really? We'll talk about it. We'll definitely talk about it. Are you talking about the video game or something else? We'll talk about it. We'll definitely talk about it. But if you're not familiar with Scarface, I don't know why you're listening to this show. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. It's one of the great movies of all time. Well, actually, it's considered one of the greatest cult movies of all time because it wasn't praised by critics and audiences at all when it came out. And it was actually nominated for a, a Raspberry Award. like A, a Razzie? Yeah. It was really? Scarface was nominated for a Razzie? That's right. For like that worst blows film my mind. Year. It actually got nominated for a bunch of proper awards as well, I should just point out. But of course, it did start to pick up cult status. It was beloved by a lot of rappers out there. I think a lot of rappers claim it as their favourite movie of all time. A lot of criminals as well. A lot of criminals claim it as their favourite movie of all time and a lot of teenage boys. Yeah, a lot of 14-year-old boys. Claim it as their favourite movies of all time. We'll talk about our histories in a sec, (laughs) but they say that I think on average the Scarface movie poster is one of the most sold posters of all time. Well, that's just a beautiful poster as well. It's a great poster and I think it's just something that everybody, every rapper, criminal or 14-year-old boy needs to have in their bedroom. Because, yeah, it's just a standard. You yeah. go to any poster shop and that's like front and center. You can always um, buy that. How else can you tell everybody that you're a massive badass? Yeah. You know, other than putting that poster up in your bedroom. Somebody comes in your bedroom and they're like, this guy means business. Yeah, exactly. This guy's a badass. <laughs> we'll this, guy about has, this guy has a dark history. He's, oh. he's deep. Oh, I'm going to have to. Oh, I can't wait to talk about my history <laughs> with this movie. But anyway, so if you're not familiar with Scarface, Matty D, just break down the plot very simply for the folks out yeah, there. Yeah, sure. So it's, a, it's This is the 1983 version I'm talking about, of that's course. Right. Directed by That's Brian De Palma, written by Oliver Stone, and of course starring so, Al Pacino. It's a loose remake of a 1930... 1932. 1932 movie. Um, Scarface, aka Shame of a Nation. That's right, that's right. But it's essentially about a... Cuban refugee called Tony Montana who leaves Cuba to America when the borders sort of open up and allows him to do so. And well, it's no, he comes as an illegal immigrant. Well, yes, that's right. Yeah. But Castro has like the borders closed, right? Well, no, he just dumps all of <laughs> Cuba's like homeless like, people and criminals the, yeah. just onto boats and sends them over to America. And America has no choice but to yeah. take them in and put them into mm. 
prison camps, basically. Well, they, yeah, they're in like camps. immigration camps. Yeah, that's right. But it's anyway, something that actually happened in real life. Yeah, in yeah. the late '70s. So Tony's one of these people that comes across, and he has big ambitions to be a to be a boss, to be a don. So he essentially yeah, joins organized crime, starts at the bottom, essentially rises through the ranks. You're missing the most important detail here by dealing cocaine by selling yes, drugs. Yes, that's so a massive important part of the movie. In the original movie, it was in the 1930s movie, it was alcohol. In it was this prohibition, movie, that's right. Yeah, in this movie, in the 1980s version, he's selling cocaine. He's very aggressive. He's very assertive, and he swears maybe, a lot. Maybe bites off a little bit more than he can chew. Yes, that's which right. comes to his detriment. But I guess it's kind of simply put: the rise and fall of this guy. Yeah, is he a good guy? No, no, <laughs> not at all. According to fourteen-year-old boys and rappers but, and criminals, he is. Uh, but still, one of those famous landmark characters. I think everyone does a Scarface impression. Everyone does a Tony Montana impression. Yeah, poorly. <laughs> very few are good. Um, Off air, Maddie D and I were talking about Dana Carvey's Dana impression Carvey. in Master of Disguise. See, I liked his impression. I thought okay. it was good. Right. It wasn't a Scarface impression. That was just an Al Pacino impression. Yeah, well, he wasn't okay. even doing Scarface. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. We can fight about that again. Off air. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, Rise and Fall. We get the picture here. And of course. I mean, out of all those impressions in that terrible, terrible movie, The Master of Disguise, that was probably one of the better ones. All right. I'm with you there. <laughs> it, I'm with you it there. It definitely beat the turtle thing he was doing. Yes. Okay. And he's, Itali- he's, he's Italian main character. Yes. yes. When we go Pistachio back Disguise-y. and we do a prequel to, to Master of Disguise, we can oh, talk, no. we can talk all sequel. about that movie. A sequel or a remake. Oh, let's do a remake of my... Screw it. We're not doing the Scarface <laughs> prequel anymore. We're going to do a remake of Master of Disguise. Oh, everyone who downloads a movie podcast is just waiting for people to talk about the Master of Disguise. Yes. Go watch that movie, folks. Actually, don't. Watch Scarface instead. That's but- right. If you haven't seen it, please go watch Scarface. You can watch both. I think the first movie is in the public domain now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? I think so. Could be wrong. Universal might have re-released it. But anyway, I remember when I was watching Scarface with somebody and then halfway through the movie, they turned to me and says, but what has this got to do with Al Capone? Because if you remember, Al Capone's nickname in real life was Scarface. Scarface. And then, of course, the original movie, the 1932 Howard Hawks movie, was loosely based on Al Capone because he was the big Prohibition-era Chicago gangster. And so, obviously, he was still alive when Scarface came out. So they couldn't directly just make a movie about Al Capone. No. So they just did the next best thing. And, of course, with the 80s remake, the, the movie we're here to talk about this week, that was very much based on like the Cuban immigrant sort of criminal experience. A lot of people existed like that in real life. If you watch the documentary Cocaine Cowboys, which is sitting on my shelf over there. <laughs> which you're looking at right now. Yes, they explore a lot of the real world figures that Tony Montana was based on. Assassins, drug dealers, so on and so forth. Big gangster kingpins and the like. So yeah, it's very much based on real people. I mean, is it a positive representation? I mean, the character itself is very two-dimensional and Al Pacino says that. He says yeah. he didn't try to make a deep human person. Well, it's a two-dimensional movie. You're not going to go in for deep character studies no. in Scarface. And I think that works for the movie. It's just, uh, it's over the top. It's like the original over the top gangster movie, basically. It was very much trying to ape that original 1930s gangster movie style. And I think it was very successful, if I do say so myself. Let's get into our history, shall we? Yeah, let's. And then we can talk more about Scarface after that. Maddie, do you want to go first? Well, I think you should go first. I should go because... first. Because I'm the self proclaimed Scarface fan, apparently. <laughs> yeah, At least I want to hear what you say. So I think I first watched Scarface when I was about 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. I watched it on TV late at night. This was back when Scarface fever was going like berserk. Was there a time? So this was like early 2000s and uh, Scarface really took off in like the mid 2000s. And like they really? did a whole bunch of re-releases of the movie. It had just come out on DVD for the first time. The video game was coming out in 2006. And yeah, so that the was video game sort of generated it. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah. There was even talks of a sequel movie in 2001, which we'll, I'll talk about in a sec. But um, yeah, so I watched it, like I said, when I was about 12 or 13. A friend of mine actually recommended the movie to me. He's like, you've never seen Scarface? You've got to see Scarface. So when it came on TV, I watched it. I think I watched it censored on TV as well. Not uh, like Censored? Not like heavily censored. I watched it. It was still like an MA version. Where I watched it, they didn't allow R-rated movies. So. Hi, you want to mess with me? <laughs> no, it <laughs> like wasn't that? that bad. That exists. They, they, there is a cut <laughs> really? out there that does exist. On the DVD special features, you can watch the, the edited for TV Tony, version. Tony, you're such a good boy. <laughs> Just... Basically, I think they just cut out a little bit of violence and that was about it. Or they might have cut out some drug use, but you know essentially what? the movie was intact. Surprisingly, it is a violent movie, but not as violent as I no. think people think There's a lot is. of implied violence, which yeah. kind of makes it worse in a way. You never see the chainsaw scene. No. You never see his hand get cut off. It's the famous scene from the movie. Mm. Of course, I loved it. I loved it. I ate it up. You, I ran out and bought it. You never see the guy get stabbed in, the, in Freedom City? I can't believe Freedom Town, but yeah. I can't yeah. believe they let me buy an R-rated DVD as a 13-year-old That's child. That's amazing. I bought it like in Kmart, basically. Wow. Because it had just come out on DVD at that point, and then it was just a staple. Everyone was watching it. I'd go around to someone's house, be, we'd be watching Scarface. Uh, I, of course, bought the video game, played the shit out of the video game, read the comics. It's a good video game. There was a comic series. Again, we can talk about that in a sec. And when I went to university and I could essentially do whatever I want with my bedroom. Yeah. I didn't buy one Scarface <laughs> oh, poster. No. I didn't buy two Scarface posters. I bought four Scarface posters, including one wall-sized Scarface poster of Tony Montana at the end of the movie firing his grenade launcher at the door. It was like a full wall-sized poster of that. And I had like the movie poster, which we mentioned already, had that like facing my bed. And then I had like a black and white picture of Tony Montana sitting at his desk with a mountain of cocaine in front of him. I had the lot. (laughs) People would walk in my room and they'd be like, wow, you really like Scarface. So when you bring in the ladies, when University Kieran is bringing the ladies up to his bedroom, he's like- That didn't happen until I took the posters down, Matty D. Come come upstairs to my room and they're like, okay, I guess. And then they walk in your room, they see all the Scarface stuff. They're like, oh man, this guy means business. Would you believe the exact opposite happened? <laughs> no, I don't believe that. I would that bring at ladies all. back to my room. They'd look, take one look at the Scarface posters and be like, huh. <laughs> and then get out of there. I think you're bringing the wrong ladies to your bedroom, Kim. Yeah. So I ended up replacing the full wall sized poster of Tony Montana with a full wall sized poster of Pulp Fiction instead. And that ended up doing a lot better <laughs> as oh, far yeah. as ladies were concerned. Because <laughs> apparently ladies just like Tarantino better, I suppose. They didn't so love the Tony Montana. <laughs> But yeah, I suppose that's my history in a nutshell. I sort of fell out of love with Scarface after I was about 19 or so, mainly just because I watched the movie to death. And I suppose I just sort of started branching out and watching different movies. I remember you at 19 and you were getting to a point where you were like, oh, Blade Runner and Scarface, they're too mainstream for me right now. I'm kind yeah. of over it. They're everybody's I'm favorite watching movies. watching Robert Altman movies uh, I like, And you started going into more obscure movies. So you were like, oh, no, these are too... Too normal for me at the moment. Yeah, yeah exactly. Meanwhile, Maddie D, little Maddie D, is jumping up and down like, what are you talking about? I love Scarface. Anyway, I want to hear your history. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm glad you went first. How many Scarface posters do you have? Because uh, I actually had none. Okay. I had Not none. Not a real man, though. No, no. I'm still working up to being man enough to get my first Scarface poster. Mm. So my history with Scarface is a little bit my history with you, Kieran, as oh, well. Really? That actually comes into it. So oh, our friendship just hinges on Scarface, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, we may have mentioned it in the show a little bit, but when I first met Kieran, I was 15 years old. We joined a theatre group. I joined a theatre group. Kieran was part of this. And they did uh, these afternoon, after school uh, improvisation. Wow, you really are going deep here. Imp- uh, improvisation classes, which is where I first met What's Kieran. What's this got to do with Scarface? Well, we just kind of got along and we, we started talking about movies and one of the movies you mentioned was Scarface, which I at that point had never seen. And you're like, Matty D, I don't think you called me Matty wow. D back then. You're like, 
Oh, I probably did. You need to watch Scarface. Uh, you and another uh, friend of ours were, were were quoting it all the time, and you're like, "Oh, it's a great movie. It's a great movie." So you lent me that movie, and I took it home and I watched it, and I thought it was great. I loved it. I was like, "This is really, really cool." So I was a little late on the boat. Um, yeah, on the boat from Cuba. So I felt I felt like you know everybody else sort of had this rich history with the movie, and I, I at 15 was just like, "What Scarface? Albert? Ch- who is this?" You know. So that's my history. You lent me the DVD. You introduced oh, me you to go. Scarface. My, my coveted, when I bought it when I was 13 years old, R-rated which Scarface then, DVD. Which then started a relationship of you just sharing me different movies. Yeah, there we go. Oh, and, and we wouldn't be here today. No, there we go. No, I guess yeah. we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Scarface. There we a go. It bit, all comes bit. together. It all comes together in the end. But anyway, so let's talk a little bit more about Scarface and potential sequels and prequels to it before we dive into our own prequel ideas. Now, there actually was, as I mentioned before, a planned sequel in 2001. I think... Uh, a rapper wanted to do it. It was like a Latino rapper wanted to star as the son of Tony. The movie was going to be called Son of Tony. And they're like, yep, sounds good. But the movie didn't get anywhere beyond the title. Tony didn't have a son, did he? Or is it just an no. illegitimate child? I don't I don't know how they would have explained it. Because his wife couldn't conceive. That's right. Her womb was so polluted. <laughs> she can't even have a fucking little baby, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, so I don't understand how he would have had a child or maybe he slept with a prostitute or maybe something. Maybe he did. He could have. I wouldn't put it past that guy. It's a bit of a scumbag. Yeah, exactly. Could have slept with somebody in Cuba in his 20s and who knows? Yeah, possibly. Who knows? Anything could have happened. He could have had an incestuous relationship with his sister. I mean, that is Well, she also shot, was shot and didn't give birth, so that, that couldn't really happen. <laughs> Uh, now, there actually was a sequel comic called Scarred for Life as well, which I read as a younger man. And uh, Did, I, Is this influenced your plot? No, it hasn't because uh, it's a sequel. It's not a prequel. But uh, Scarred for Life, I hated it when I first read it as a kid. Reading it now, I get it. It's all like really over the top and like not realistic at all. And Tony Montana's just a complete arsehole just going around killing everybody. And he has like a, a colostomy bag, which I remember at one stage he like forces over a gangster's head and then chokes him to death with his own feces, basically. Oh, yuck. And it's that sort of over the top stuff. So this is... A, this comic is he survives the yeah the that's right so you remember how he falls in the pool at the end of the movie mm-hmm. full of bullet holes they basically fish him out of the pool and find that he's still breathing they take him to how? hospital but okay replace 90% of his organs and he's right he turns into a robot they they bring oh, him it back it might as well have gone they in that direction they bring him back and they turn him into Robocop they're like we're gonna recreate you now of course I mentioned it earlier as well there was of course the sequel video game Scarface the World is Yours continuing the idea of Tony Montana beyond the movie my brother loves that game I love that game. Shout out to I my still play it to this day. Like each year, I still play. I was actually playing it earlier this year because ever since that game came out, it was one of my favorite games of all time. I think I still consider it one of my favorite games of all time. Of course, I loved the movie. I was going to, of course, love the game. They did a great it's job. It's very GTA. Yeah, exactly. Which is right down your alley. It was a bit more in depth than GTA was at the time. So uh, yeah, I really ate it up. Loved that game. I played like I, it was one of the only games I've ever played to one hundred percent completion. I can't believe that it took so many hours and it didn't give you anything. I had like every, you could put furniture in Tony's mansion. His house this is like before fully decked out. achievements and these kind of things. Yeah, right? exactly. It was way before that. I actually own the game. Oh, geez, we're going into dangerous territory here. I actually own the game on every platform that it was released on. Yeah. I hope everyone's ready for a two hour podcast. Yeah. Jeez, Jesus Christ. It's definitely going to be a long one. But yeah, so <laughs> in that game, of course, Tony Montana, you're able to shoot the man who eventually kills him in the movie. And therefore, you survive the whole shootout and eventually flee and then rebuild Tony's empire. Yeah, it's drug a whole empire. what if. Yeah, exactly. And now. A remake has actually been in development since I have 2011. I've seen this, yeah. And believe it or not, it's being written by the Coen brothers. Yep, I saw that too. You know which what? Which gets me excited because they're great yeah. writers. I, I didn't know if you were going to 
just trash that then because I, I think the Coen brothers would make a good Scarface movie. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you 100%. They yeah. write great gangster movies. Yeah. Are they going to yeah. remake the 80s version or are they going to do something different? Yeah, I think they said they're remaking the 80s version, right. to be honest. I think they're doing a modern day version of the 80s movie, which would make sense uh, because the 80s version was, was a modern, modern day of remake the of the 30s version. Movie, yeah. So yeah, I believe that's what they're doing. So it'll be set in the 2000s? Yeah, I believe so. I, I think that could work. Might work for a Wolf it. Wolf of Wall Street-esque kind of yeah, gangster movie. Yeah, that's why movie. maybe you should cool. get Scorsese to direct. Oh shit, I should have got Scorsese oh, to direct man, my that'd movie. Oh man, that would have made so much sense. We're here to talk about a potential Scarface prequel. Yes, that's what we're doing today. And as I teased earlier, there has been Scarface prequels done before. Now there is a series of prequel books written by, I believe, L.A. Banks. There's Scarface The Beginning, which came out in 2006, of course, when Scarface was exploding everywhere again, as well as Scarface The Point of No Return in 2007. Both of those cover Tony Montana's extensive history in detail. Right. I did sort of briefly look over the plot of these you books. You cheater. I didn't. Um, I didn't also. I also didn't know After I'd though, written. So. I'd, I read them. Well, I read what happened in the plot after I'd written my plot. And I was just like, huh, there's a surprising amount of parallels here. <laughs> it's going to look like I cheated. But there is a fair amount of differences in my plot as well. We're just going to have to trust And there's you only so many places you can go in a Scarface prequel. It's not like you could have him in America running around because he arrives there in the movie. Yeah. We know he's from Cuba. We know he was in the military. We know he's a criminal. There's only so few and things know, you can do. We know a little bit about the history of Cuba as well, which would shape Absolutely. the plot. Absolutely, yeah. And of course, as well, I, I think I mentioned this before, there is a Scarface prequel comic, which I read yesterday, called Scarface Devil in Disguise. It's one of the worst fucking things I've ever read in comic book form. It was terrible, Matty D. I can't express how bad <laughs> this comic was. It made the kitchen comic look like a really oh, good no. comic. Oh, man. It was all over the place. It was like one panel. It's like 1980. Another panel is 1952. Another panel is like 1963. Tony Montana's an adult. Then he's a child. Then it's a man like in a room with a tattoo smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Sounds then, like my plots. Then there's like he's in the military shooting like innocent women. And it's just, oh, it was just complete garbage. And it was every sort of like trote cliche, which we'll probably hear in our plots. <laughs> yeah. You could imagine it's just like, oh, Manny's being beaten up by bullies. Here comes young Tony Montana to the rescue <laughs> to save him. And suddenly they're best friends. <laughs> I avoided like really terrible cliches <laughs> like that in my plot. I hope you did as well. No, my, my plot's full of cliches. Okay. I suppose all the better for it. <laughs> but yeah, every single cliche you could imagine under the sun, everything you've seen in every sort of like cheesy Tony Montana goes 90s to a town gangster movie. and helps the town defend off bandits oh, and gangsters. It, it felt like it was going in that direction. <laughs> let me tell you. So if you like Scarface, I wouldn't recommend reading that comic book, Devil in Disguise. Big strong not recommend from me. But yeah, I don't know. if you just want to maybe read the books instead. If you want, if you like books without pictures, have a look at those. Or instead. listen to our show. Listen to yeah, our yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll have the best prequel yet. Let's get straight I'm into sure it. I'm sure the Coen brothers are listening to this and being like, "Scrap remake. Let's make these plots." Yeah, they could easily do that. All right, who's going to go first? Who's going to lay their head on the line? Oh, who should go first? Um, I know you, Kieran. I know you are a deep Scarface fan. From so way you're saying back. I should go first because I'm definitely going to have the longer plot. Well, Is I was saying, saying I could go first because you would have the longer plot, but I mean... I'm actually really excited to hear your plot, and I'm sure it's vice versa for you as well. It but is, yeah. I just want to know how many similarities we have, and then I just want to know what direction we went in. Mm. Like, how do we explain? Like, I'm sure we both explored how Tony got his iconic scar. What? Oh, huh? <laughs> Yeah, maybe you just left it ambiguous. <laughs> no, like. I got I got that in. Also, I struggled to like decide on what direction to go in for my plot as well, because I'm like, 
if I do like a proper serious plot, everyone's going to find that really boring, mm. you know, unless it's a really compelling story. Mm. And if I go in a silly direction, it's going to piss off like diehard fans. Yeah. And me included, I suppose. <laughs> you'll, be, so, you'll hate yourself. I uh, hate myself for it. So I'm like, maybe happy medium. Go happy, happy medium, medium happy like medium. good, the bad, and the ugly. All right. Well, do you mind if I go first? All right, you can go because first. Because this was a movie. I was all ready to go first. This was a plot that I really, really, really struggled with writing. Really? So I just want to get it out of the way. It just flew out of my fingertips. It just flowed directly so it's, out it's, of my fingertips like better, pure gold. It's better that you go second because I think I'm going to enjoy listening to you. Oh, plot. okay. You just want to get yours out of the way and yeah, you want to sit it. back and that's listen it. to the bedtime story. That's it. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to get my work out of the way and then I want to just chill. I'm so excited for this, so, as I said. We Let's gotta, hear it. We got to deal with first things first. Okay. What are we going to call this? I'm not going to call it Scarface, the movie that oh. is. What's more iconic? I think Tony Montana, the character, is more iconic. It's just no, he's just an iconic figure. So my movie is just going to be called Montana. I knew it. Done. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Buy tickets. I didn't actually come up with a title for my movie. I need to think about it while you're Haven't doing your plot. Have you been lazy? Yeah. Jeez. We usually Haven't do this you too. you been lazy? I came up no. with a director. I came up with a soundtrack <laughs> composer. Yeah, no, I feel like if they were ever going to redo this movie in any capacity, they would do it on the character's name rather than Scarface. I, I think, think they'd call it Scarface colon. The Devil in Disguise, something like that. Or Scarface colon, <laughs> The Beginning. That would be so lame. Scarface Origins. <laughs> Maybe that's just what my movie Now, let me, let me talk about who's directing this Yeah, who's directing it? Now, there's a lot of people I could put here. I mean, Tarantino is the obvious choice, I think. Cause really? I, I don't know. I think he would relish it a lot. There'd be a lot of talking in your Scarface movie. Yeah. But no, I kind of went with who does really good. Who's been the guy that's been doing a lot of prequels, a lot of remakes, Having a lot of success there. Taika Waititi. He's a bank. I thought of Taika Waititi. That would have been fun. He's just our go-to. J.J. Abrams is doing my Scarface. Oh, no. Scarface prequel, sorry. What? What? Why are you groaning? J.J. Abrams? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I've been bitten by the last he, Star Wars he's, movie. You know, he's doing Star Wars movies now. You know, he's, every, he's everywhere. So, now I bet you're saying that a part, part of this whole franchise. So a lot of lens flares in your Scarface movies. Oh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. The music is. A lot is, of shit writing, too, apparently. <laughs> no, wait, you, he's not writing, he's, he's just directing. I'm writing okay. it, I'm yeah, writing thank it. He's going to turn my vision into a beautiful reality. So, a big part of this movie is, of course, the soundtrack, which I'm going to bring back the original soundtrack guy, which was, uh, what's his name? Giorgio Morona? Can you help me out here, Kieran? <laughs> Giorgio Morona. That's him, that's him. But he's not doing it by himself. He needs he needs some collaboration because we're going to bring in Harold Faltermeyer? Yeah, no, we're going to bring Hans Zimmer into it. Oh, no, just punch it up. <laughs> yeah, just like. And ruin it. it, it we're modernizing this movie. Okay. Now, before I get started, I, I'll just let you know that I, I'm not familiar with Cuban history. Believe okay. it or not, I did do some research on yeah, it. I did some slight research but, as well. Uh, as I was reading it, I was like, ugh. I don't want to do this. <laughs> so I'm probably going to get some historical inaccuracies yeah, in this plot. Blanket statement. Forgive me. When I dipped my foot in the academia world, I did not study Cuban history or Castro no. or any of that. So it's a, a world I'm not familiar with. If I'm perfectly honest, I get all my Cuban history from Godfather 2. <laughs> really? Yes. That's everything I know about That's Cuban great. history. So if you're listening to this episode and you know your Cuban history, and I trust you do, just insert what happens there in my plot. Golden telephone. Blanket revolution, statement. That's all you need to know. Blanket statement. Yeah, it's all in terminal. But let's, let's get into my plot. So this movie is going to start like the original movie with subtitles explaining what happened to Tony oh. Montana at the end of the last movie. Oh, there we go. Mm. He died. He did die. It was just two words. 
And we're going to get the original score, you know, the original score yeah, when... The Giorgio Moroder score. When uh, the boats were coming in. Because I yeah. love that opening scene. Yeah. That opening scene was amazing. And I was actually writing Iconic this... Iconic movie opening. When I was watching the movie, I watched this movie before, and oh, I was like, go. oh my God, this is going to be my opening. And I was listening to the music at the time as well. Does it show him like falling in slow motion into the pool? I'm glad you asked that. So we're going to see some footage, some from the original movie and some not. We're going to see police raid Tony's mansion. We're going to see the body of Gina being recovered by the police. Yep. Uh, we're going to see a speech by the anti-drugs guy he gives to the UN because he successfully made that. Yeah, you're right. That's already uh, happened in the movie. We're going to see Tony's wife going to court. Uh, she's yep. roped up into it, you know, even though she left Tony. We're going to see the possession of Tony's tiger and the world is we'll your statue as well. So yeah, again, it'll be similar to the opening of this movie, except it's going to illustrate the fall of Tony's empire rather than immigrants yeah. coming so far, to so good. the US. And then we're going to have a caption telling us that now we're 28 years earlier. Now, in my research, Tony was born, I believe, in 1940. It's never been confirmed. So, I think- I, I found the same thing, because that's when Al Pacino was born. Yeah, I think he is a, in his 40s, yeah, early 42, 40s. 42, I think, is the common When the movie prediction. takes place. So, he has a whole lifetime to, to get through here. Well, technically, he'd be 40 in the movie if he was born 1940, because the movie's set in 1980. Yeah. So, 28 right. years so, earlier. What year is it? Was it 50s? <laughs> you didn't write down what year it was set in? Uh, no, 1952. Okay, there we I go. I did actually write it there because the next, my next point- And that point checks out with your, your is, maths as well. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was a challenge for my maths and my history. So we get another caption telling us that we're in Havana in 1952, yep. um, capital of Cuba. We see a woman walking along the streets carrying a whole bunch of groceries. And the Interesting. Woman, yep. The woman is played by Melissa- McCarthy, yep. no, yeah. No, Melissa McCarthy is the actor. <laughs> No, it's Melissa um, Fermo from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, I'm not familiar with her. Oh, she's great. I think okay. she could play a really uh, hard-nosed, a really a really powerful woman. So. Okay. So she enters a really poor house. She sees her husband, Diego Luna. Welcome oh, back wow, to the show. Oh, wow, really? Really? Who is teaching a small boy, who is Tony, how to speak English. Oh, Tony, what you going to do? <laughs> uh, and he tells his son how wonderful America is and that one day he will take him there. The woman who is Georgina, who is Tony's husband, yep. gets into a fight with her husband. Tony's husband? Sorry. Georgina is Tony's husband? <laughs> Tony's mother it okay. is. So Georgina is Tony's mother, played by Melissa. She gets into a fight with her so husband. that's Mama Montana, is it? Yeah, okay. yeah, Georgina. Uh, she gets into a fight with her husband to tell- Just for no reason? No, it's because he's filling Tony's, or he's filling Anthony's head yeah, with, all these, with all these crazy ideas. Antonio, not Anthony. Oh, Antonio. Okay. She's like, you'll fill him with too much nonsense. Yeah, well, she's. I guess the the impression we're getting is she's very hardworking. Right. And, she sews in a factory, apparently. And Diego's very, he, he's very carefree and he's got his head in the clouds. Right. And okay. she's like, no, you know, we got to work hard for what we have. We can't be like being being silly and yep. thinking. We have to be realistic. Things. Exactly. So they have a fight. And Diego, Are they speaking English or Spanish? Uh, they'll speak Spanish. Okay. So she, it's subtitled. It'll be subtitles, okay. yeah. Or maybe I'll just do the whole movie in English just for the benefit of the oh, Western no. audience. Oh, <laughs> Uh, so he's going to yell at... So Diego's going to yell at Georgina. Wait, his character's name is Diego? I didn't name the character. So yeah, let's call him Diego okay. in the movie. <laughs> he's not going to be there for very much longer. And he tells her, Georgina that is, never to tell him what to do. And he leaves. Right, okay. He doesn't leave for good, but he leaves out in a huff. Yeah. Georgina is crying at the table and little Tony comes up to his mother and says, don't worry, 
I'll always look after you. Mm, how nice. Threading some stuff here. Mm. So Tony's walking around the streets. Maybe he's coming back from school and he's approached by a bunch of kids that don't like his family's political stance. I'm seeing they're more sort of capitalist. Right. Range so they're, they're not pro-communist. They're not, not pro-revolution. Pro yeah, because we got okay. to plant the... you got to sow the seeds yeah, of the revolution Yeah, we got to plant Tony's hatred of communism. Communist, yeah. Makes sense. So they outnumber him and they beat him up. When he comes back home... He's <laughs> I joked about this cliche <laughs> being in the comic. I can't believe you actually did it. He has... He has a black eye, right? So he comes back home um, and his father's mad that Tony didn't defeat the bullies like a man. And he tells him- That's that interesting. You shouldn't let anyone fuck with you. And then Tony's father starts beating Tony well, out gives of him anger. another black eye. Out of anger. So I'm seeing this guy's maybe like- This a is very interesting, the direction you're going. And I want you to save this, bookmark so, this in your mind. All right, all right. I will, I will, I will. Is it similar to something mm, you've got? Maybe. So Diego knocks- the young Tony to a piece of furniture, permanently scarring his face. Oh wow! No, it wasn't kids from school, which is what he's gonna. Or he's not some. It's not some kids that beat him up that gave him the scar, like he said in the movie. It was actually his father, but he tells everybody it was a bunch of ruffians. I don't remember him saying that it was kids that beat him up in the movie. He said, "I got it when I was a kid." All right, but you're extrapolating. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was that kids could that be. Beat him up. He, so you're just telling blatant lies. He here. could be. Well, yeah, Tony is. So he's not lying in the movie. He just said he got it when he was a kid. Yeah. So I guess that's true. Glad we cleared that up. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the most important detail in the whole thing. plot. So later, his father has calmed down and he comes he's up. Had to, his tequila. Yeah, yeah. He comes down and tells his son that he only did it to teach Tony a lesson. And he says, people need to respect you, otherwise they'll walk all over you. The only thing that matters in this world is your balls and your word, and you shouldn't break them <laughs> for go. anyone. Tony sees a member of the cartel just on the streets and is enamored by his power and the obvious cartel. wealth. There's Mexicans there, is there? Not the cartel, sorry. Uh, just some like gangster guy. Okay, yep. Cuban gangsters. Yeah, yeah. And this guy is like shaking somebody down and he realizes that Tony is a witness. So he turns on the charm and gives Tony some money. Oh. Tony thinks this is amazing and he comes back home and tells this his This happens mother, in the comic, by the way. Does it really? <laughs> yes, it does. I'm sort of borrowing it from, what was that movie with De Niro, the Brooklyn... Boston. Is that gangster movie? The Brooklyn Boston Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, I know it well. No, you know what I'm talking about. Are you talking about uh, a Bronx tale? Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah. I'm sort of lifting it from a Bronx tale. Because it could also be Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, yeah. That's another Robert De Niro as a kid movie. I guess so. As a gangster as well. Um, so he comes back to he comes back home with this money and his mother is not pleased at all because it's dirty money. Yeah, right? take that lousy money with you. Stinks. So a few years pass and we see that Tony is going to join the army. He joins the army. So what year is this now? He's now an adult. Make it up. <laughs> so is this pre or post communist revolution? This is around about when the communist revolution is starting to kick off. So 58. Yeah. Uh, it would have to be later. It would have to be in the 60s. So, so after the communist after revolution. After the communist so revolution. So he, he willingly joined the communist army. So why did he join the no, army? No, actually then? it would be before that because he would be like a teenager at that point. They let a team and join the army? Yeah, why not? Is that what they do in Cuba? <laughs> I don't know. You're asking the wrong okay. person. Wow. It's going to be just before you lying when you said you the really... revolution kicks okay, off. So is it 57 or like during the year? Because the revolution happened like New Year's Eve 58, Yeah, according to my research. Yeah, anyway. so it'd be around about that time. Okay, so he joined the army. So it's the old army. Yes. So, okay, is. so it's the capitalist army. It's the capitalist okay, army. Okay, sure. It's the capitalist army that's going to be defending against these revolutionaries. Okay. Which is what's going to happen Not successfully. Here. Not successfully, exactly. I think in reality, there was sort of like a military coup as well. Yeah, there was. Okay, oh, okay, sorry, I'm spoiling your plot. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so uh, the adult version of Tony Montana is going to be played by John Bernthal. John Bernthal yeah. from uh, Walking from, Dead. And, from Walking uh, Dead, from Punisher. I think yeah. he's been in our movies before. Yeah. So yeah, I was actually watching another movie called Rage and I was like, Trying to think of who could play Tony Montana, you know, Dana Carvey or whoever. Isn't Rage that movie with, uh, with the tank? Yeah, 
the tank. Yeah, and uh, Brad Pitt. Oh, I'm the thinking, army movie. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. I'm thinking of the movie where it's Russell Crowe harassing a woman in a car for There's ages. probably many movies called Rage. Okay, maybe. There's but that video game series that no one likes. I'm a big fan of this actor and just watching him in this movie be angry and yelling at everyone and I was just like, that's my Tony. That's there my Tony. Now, also to preference this, I know that I should probably be getting Cuban actors to play these, okay. play these casts. But Fair enough. You're, you're the man. You're part of the Hollywood yeah, regime. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Whitewashing everything. I'm sorry I'm whitewashing it, but this is just who I pick. Sorry. I've tried to get other Cuban actors, so... I, I appreciate that you got someone who's actually older much. than Al Pacino was in Scarface to play a younger version of Tony Montana. He's just going to be my Tony Montana through the whole yeah, movie. Okay, I'm not going to fight you. Our makeup department will be fantastic. <laughs> well, hey, I didn't, the- I didn't de-age Al Pacino yeah, I like I was originally going to do. So he shares a bunk with a happy-go-lucky guy named Maddie. Oh, top bunk or bottom bunk? Uh, top bunk, of okay. course. He's going to be played by Dave Franco. Oh, I think looks nice. a lot like Manny. There we go. So James Franco's younger brother. James Franco's younger brother in the disaster, disaster artist. Disaster artist. Yep. What else was he in? He was in. Was he in the office? He might have not the office. He was in Scrubs, I think, once. Yeah, he um, was. Bunch of Seth Rogen movies. <laughs> yeah. Manny reveals to Tony that he really wants to lose his virginity because at this stage he's bad with the ladies. He's still got his V plates on. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're young men, you know. Yep. Uh, so well, eighteen. Yeah. So the two are training and showing obvious skill. At, at wooing ladies or in the in military? In military. Okay, in military. Yeah. And during when all this revolution stuff is happening, Tony sees a mother and child gets shot and he loses oh, no. his shit at the commanding officer. <laughs> you killed a kid and a woman? Mm, that's right. And Fuck that's, that. And gets discharged for being disrespectful. Manny reveals that he also left the military as well because wherever Tony goes, he will go also. Mm. They're best friends for life. So this is all happening during Castro's rebellion. The failed, this guy's a pussy magnet. If I failed, hang around him, I'm going to get women. <laughs> the failed, uh, the failed rebellion. Right. Also, there's going to be two incompetent soldiers that blow themselves up, played by Kieran oh. and Maddie D. There we go. There's our cameo. I'm glad you worked us in. Me too. I didn't. Me too. So Tony returns back home. Georgina has a baby in the crypt named Gina. There we go. There we go. And Tony whispers to her, Gina, that he'll do anything to protect her. So Georgina starts yelling at Tony that he is being difficult. He's got an attitude problem. He comes and goes whenever he pleases. He yells at her. And he's the exact same as his father who left off screen. He left stage right. He left stage right. Well, we don't see him leave, but we know he's not in the picture anymore. We're just told he left. We kind of get from his personality he's kind of that type of guy. Yeah. That the marriage wasn't wasn't good. Obviously. Since he was beating the shit out of game. He scarred his own son's face. (laughs) I know. I know. So... Tony and Maddie, they're out of the military. They're young men. They need money. What are they going to do? And they and Maddie has a friend that tells him that they've got a job as a driver. Ding, ding. Mm. Just fitting some more cliches in here, Kieran. Yep. So Tony and Maddie meet Raul Verres, who I believe is Sorry canon. for that pronunciation. Yeah, sorry. Who's going to be played by uh, Joey He's Diaz. He's from the book, I believe. Yeah, that's what I read. I was okay. read that he worked under... Tony worked for him. So I was like, oh, taking that. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say it's canon, but it is something that is in one of the prequel novels. Yeah. Since well, I, I wouldn't say anything that isn't in the movie is canon at all. I needed a guy for Tony to work for So him. all that shit you gave me about cheating when I didn't actually, you actually I, stole I read some. this on the Wikipedia page. It had like a brief history of Tony Montana. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, I guess Fair this enough. is it. So he's playing by Joey Diaz. Now, the only credit I can give for him is I believe he was in The Longest Yard as okay. like the fat guy, but he's... He's a regular in the Joe Rogan podcast, and he's a comedian, essentially. He's a, he's a Is he the dude. guy from Modern Family? Like the kid from Modern no, Family? No, no, he's not the kid oh, from he's Modern the, Family. He's an adult version of that kid, basically. He looks exactly like the he, fat yeah, kid from Modern Family. He's a larger... I always mix up the two. He's a larger gentleman. I don't know how, but he's... A, yeah. So this guy is... He's lazy. He's greedy. Uh, and in comparison, Tony proves himself to be ambitious and aggressive. 
So the middle of the movie will be Tony going from being a drug mule to being an enforcer, all while keeping this secret from his mother. There we go. He's going to form a love interest with Anna Diamas. Oh, uh, really? Like, made- like we all would? Of course, of course. Now, I this movie is set in Cuba. She herself is Cuban, and well I have a massive acting crush on her as just a regular as, crush. As I'm do I. completely enamored by her, so I needed to fit her in. Now, and if you're not familiar with her, she was in Knives Out as the main character, basically, in that movie, yeah. and she was also in Blade, Blade Runner 49, where we got to see her naked as the virtual girlfriend. <laughs> yes. yes. She's fantastic. I, yeah. I love her. She's amazing. So and she's coming up in the new James Bond movie as well. She'll knock it out of the park. So this relationship will actually seem to be sincere. So it'll seem like Tony's actually in love with her. Yeah. But there'll be things... She's not a prostitute, is she? No, no, she's not. I didn't I was gonna rip say, that off. I, the, I read that novel, and I was like... He does fall in love with a prostitute and buys her a $500 drink. Yeah. Like I, a $500 rum and coke. Yeah, I, I read that too and I was like, eh, no. I, I just thought that was like a fan story that That's actually wrote. something from the original script. Something I didn't mention in my history is when I was massively into Scarface, something I did was I read the original mm. script and there's actually a lot more information in the script than there actually is in the oh, movie. Oh, really? Yeah. That would have so been helpful to you. They do talk about his relationship with prostitutes. There's a deleted scene in the movie where he's, he talks to a transvestite prostitute, mm. which I think they should have kept in the movie. It was very entertaining. <laughs> and as well, as something I also did, you're going to laugh at me for this, is I actually recorded the scenes from the, the movie, like audio versions of the scenes, and I'd yeah. walk around with them on my like iPod. At school, I'd be like, oh, I'm bored in this class. I'll just listen to a scene from Scarface. So instead of learning from our education system, you were just listening yeah, to Scarface Instead scenes. of paying attention in business studies class, which I really should have <laughs> in retrospect. <laughs> I was just listening to Scarface because it was back in the day before you could like watch it on an iPod or something like that. There you go. That's really cool, actually. <laughs> just yeah. there You're like the Scarface. only person who finds that cool. I don't, know, I don't know. You should have been learning, though, Kieran. Yeah, exactly. Anyone, any kids Sorry, listening Sorry, I, I, I steamrolled your plot here. Back okay. to it. So basically, this relationship is going well, but he's noticing that stuff is missing. Oh. But she's swearing that she doesn't She doesn't steal from like him. Like, what stuff is missing? Oh, like money. Okay. Jewelry. It's like, my wallet's a lot lighter. Yeah. But, my ring, it seems to be missing. But she keeps saying, Tony, trust me. Okay. And yep. he goes, yep, I do. I love you. Look at that face. <laughs> Who couldn't trust <laughs> Who her? couldn't trust it? Are we just going to be gushing over her? Apparently the so. Episode? What happened to us? <laughs> Used to be so good. Anyway, we took it. We took the Scarface posters off oh, our yeah, walls. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened to us. Tony gets caught by the police. Oh no! Now I originally thought this was going to be a bus gone wrong, but instead I'm going to say that Tony gets a little mouthy to the communists, and they arrest him for that. Right. Okay. And rather than bailing him out, Raúl just so like, he's left the army at this point. Yeah, he's not part of the army. Okay. He's, he's in organized crime now. He wouldn't join the communist army. Come of course on. not. So Tony feels betrayed by Raúl because Raúl kind of just left him for. He's like, oh, well, he's caught. Too bad. So Tony's kind of angry. So he got no support. No support. So prison life is tough, but Tony makes some connections and becomes an assassin and gets there a nifty go. new tattoo. Yeah, pitchfork. Uh, Manny, who's not in prison, also helps him from the outside by sneaking things to him in Sneaks and out. Sneaks him bread and wine and stuff mm. like in Goodfellas. <laughs> and he also does hits outside. So they're kind of working an assassin business. Okay. Manny on the outside, Tony on the inside. Makes sense. Manny tells Tony that they're on their own as Raul feels that they are expendable. He doesn't care. Right. So this part of the movie, Tony will be killing certain people in jail in creative yep, just for shits and giggles. ways. Well, you know, he's- you In know, creative ways. He's uh, he's surviving, right? He tricks them into sitting in the electric chair and then turns it on when they're not looking. <laughs> uh, one of those characters will be Doofy. We'll throw oh, him great. in there. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson will also have a cameo. We'll yep. kill him off and we'll oh, just- great. We'll just, rather than having too much star power, we'll just have some random guy. Let's say he's arrested for being like a, a scientist or like a, an expert on rocks. Arrested? Okay. And we'll call him Michael. So he gets stabbed. And we'll also say, oh man, the guy's name's just escaped me. What was the guy that plays every character in the movie all the time? 
Dana Carvey. No, no. Dana Carvey's also there and gets stabbed. Okay. No, who's that he's guy? He's turning one Dana impression. He gets stabbed. Starts with a J. Oh, Jaimon Honsu. Jaimon Honsu. <laughs> okay. Thank God. Oh, oh my God. Forget him. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, so Jaimon Honsu will be the will be we'll another. So his guy name starts with a D. I'll have you know. <laughs> Jaimon. Oh, terrible. All right. So in prison, Tony will earn the name Scarface due to his face. There we go. They got to fit that in somewhere. They never call him Scarface in the whole never, original movie. Never. Never. So, but they will in your movie, which is ironically not called Scarface. Yeah. There we go. So he eventually does his time with a little help from some powerful friends and leaves jail. He comes back home and his mother hates him at this point and tells him to leave. You're not welcome here because you're, you know, you're a killer, you're a prisoner, you're a thief, you're a criminal. Tony tells her that he's going to leave, but when he comes back, he's going to be somebody. He says a tearful goodbye to Gina, which at first Gina's quite young. So she thinks, oh, Tony, you're giving me a gift. And this makes Tony feel really bad because he doesn't have the money to give his oh, sister no. a gift. And he tells oh, her one day... He will. Mm. So then he returns to his girlfriend, Anna, and he realizes- she doesn't have a name either. She's just Anna. Wow. Uh, What's a Cuban female name? Marta. Marta. (laughs) (laughs) Another great actor. I should have put her in the plot as well. So so Marta, the love of his life, is actually with another guy because he's richer. Are you thinking about Marta from the Sunray Hotel? Is that why you're laughing? No, no, no. I'm not thinking of somebody else. But um, so Marta is with somebody else uh, because this person is richer. So, oh my God. Heartbreak, heartbreak. And Tony kills them both in a rage. Oh, no. So he's setting a precedent for himself here. That's right. So Ivana is all chaotic at the moment. There's a bunch of fights happening here and there. And Tony will use this chaos to kill Raul in revenge. Mm. Libertad. Libertad. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So Manny tells him that he has a friend called Angel. We don't get to see Angel. No. That will a big phobia of chainsaws. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's a, he's a lumberjack. <laughs> he just chainsaws all the time and says that he's got a way that they can travel to America. Um, so Tony says this is a great idea, and he explains to Manny what their backstories are going to be. And Manny asks, "What are we going to tell do? him? You're in sanitation." <laughs> he says that. No, in a sanitarium. <laughs> yeah, and Manny asks, "What?" I told him to say you had TB. <laughs> He was in a sanitarium and you were secure. Yeah, maybe he'll be saying that like Maddie will be not paying attention. He'll be I, like, he'll Staring be ogling some, some lady. Yeah. So Maddie will ask, what are we going to do when we go to America? Tony says, we're going to be Americans. The world is ours. Mm. Wink. Very nice. He doesn't wink. I'm just winking. Just for the benefit of people listening. Okay. So Tony hops on a boat full of other Cubans. And as he looks back to the land in which he grew up, the iconic score hits. There we go. So wait, so he's not, so he didn't come over with the boatloads of like criminals. I presumed he would have been in jail and then sent over with all the other criminals, but yours, he's just going willingly in a boat full of immigrants. Yeah. Illegal immigrants. Okay. He wants, he wants to go to the it's land of plot. the free. It's your plot. You can do become, whatever you want. To become somebody. Fair enough. And that's my plot. What'd there you think? Go. What'd you think? It was actually not too bad at all. We have a lot of similarities, so I'm, Get out. I'm not going to shit all over your point. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Thank you. I think it was quite good it's for what it. I it was imagined. better than that fucking prequel comic that I keep going about. <laughs> it was certainly a better story than that piece of shit. Now, I'm really excited to hear what you have. Oh, Very, very excited. Let's get straight into it. I feel it. like this is I still been... don't have a title. I spent that whole time racking my I brain for like a title. I feel like you probably thought of this when you were 12, and this has been years and years yeah. in the making in your yeah, head. Yeah, a little bit. I, I, did, I, I suppose I did have... Have this sort of like slight headcanon that I sort of spewed out onto the paper here and then just extrapolated on, worked a few interesting things in, a few, a few little on-the-nose details as well. But yeah, I still didn't come up with a, a decent title, so I'm just going to call it Scarface Origins yeah. for lack of anything better. Oh, well, you know, that works. And my director for the movie is Fernando Moreles, who directed City of God. 
Cool. Probably the only notable thing that he directed. So. Fair enough. But yeah, I I sort of struggled with who I was going to get to direct this one because I was like, oh, who would do a good job? But since I'm sort of going for like a City of God Elite Squad style vibe, uh, he was the first person that jumped to mind. And of course, quite like you, I'm getting Giorgio Moroder back, 80-year-old Giorgio yeah. Moroder back to do the soundtrack for this one. Really and Hans Zimmer is not invited. <laughs> <laughs> Hans Zimmer is like tapping on the window outside. He's like, hey guys. I heard you were doing a movie. Guys, You're going to let me do, ruin do it. You want me to, do you want me to like look over your stuff, give you some suggestions? Let's get straight into and the They plot. just like pull the blinds down on him. <laughs> yes, let's do this. So the year is 1946, a little bit earlier than yours. And we open in the bustling streets of Havana, Cuba, where we see traffic log streets filled with people and market stalls. Here we see a young boy hmm, picking through oranges at a fruit stand. Oranges, you say? Yes. Like the Godfather. A little Godfather reference <laughs> yes. for everybody. It was originally apples, but I was like, no, I can make it oranges. <laughs> While the stall owner watches him suspiciously. Unbeknownst to him, another young boy has snuck underneath the fruit stand and is stealing money from a metal box. The stall owner suddenly notices the other boy and starts yelling at him in Spanish. So, of course, most of my movie is going to be in Spanish unless otherwise stated. And it's going to have subtitles. Quite like in your movie, I think, as well. I really want to get that authentic experience. People are mature enough now to watch a subtitled movie. The mainstream audience will hate that. Yes, I know. But, you know, on the post it will say, warning, this is a subtitled movie. Like they did with Ponyo. Remember when that came out and they had to tell everyone it was subtitled? (laughs) Yes. Like, don't bring your kids to this because they won't watch it. So the two boys flee and are quickly pursued by a policeman on foot who is blowing a whistle. You can see I'm painting like, pictures like a, like a big, larger, hefty police no, officer. No, no, like, he's, he's oh, you, What are you doing over there? I don't no, know. In Cuba, British. they're they're better than America. They they hire fit <laughs> policemen. They hire competent police officers. Yes, the smaller of the two boys is carrying the stolen money in his shirt front. You know, like. Like that scene in Mr. Bean. Oh, no one's going to get this reference. But <laughs> that scene in Mr. Bean where he's like whacking his ass against that like coin machine. Yes. And the kid ends up with all the I money. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. So he's carrying the money like that. So he's carrying the money in his shirt front and he trips on a loose cobblestone. So spilling. very, very train spotting, right? Yeah. Spilling coins everywhere. The taller of the two boys dashes around a corner while the smaller boy is grabbed up by his shirt collar by the policeman. We cut to a rundown apartment building where the policeman is standing in the doorway of the little boy's apartment explaining to his mother that he was caught stealing. The boy's mama, played by Natalia Reyes, if you recognise that name at all. Yeah. That was Danny from Terminator Dark yeah. Fate. Nice. The reason I cast her is well, because... She's a great actor. The, yeah, well, we both liked her in that movie, yeah. I suppose. But the reason I cast her is because she looks exactly like a young version of Miriam Colin, who played Tony's mother in the original movie. Identical. She looks exactly the same as the young Miriam Colin. So I thought I had to cast good old uh, Danny in this movie, Natalia Reyes in this movie. So she immediately starts scolding the boy while at the same time apologising profusely to the policeman. We now, through this dialogue, learn that the little boy is a six-year-old Antonio Montana, if that wasn't obvious already. (laughs) Yes. Later that evening, Mummer is eating dinner while little Tony sulks in the corner. He's clearly being punished for his bad behaviour earlier. Just then, his papa, played by Oscar Isaac... Wow. Good old Apocalypse oh. from uh, <laughs> X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, Gomez Adams from the yep. Adams Family recent movie. Bursts in through the front door, singing a slurred, mournful tune while swigging from a bottle of rum. He slouches down at his place at the dinner table and starts to pick at his food. He soon spots Tony sulking in the corner and asks Mama, why isn't Tony eating? He's being punished. What did he do this time? Mama hesitates, looks at Tony and quietly says, he was caught stealing from a shopkeeper. He was brought home by the police. After a moment of silence, Tony's papa leaps to his feet and attacks Tony, slapping and kicking him repeatedly. He swears and rants, calling his son every name he can think of. He's a very foul-mouthed man. I wonder where Tony gets it from. There's a lot of similarities between our yes, plots already. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm very this surprised. This is blowing my mind. Even, even our characterization of the father. Yeah, except mine was more of a drunk than yours was. Right. 
Tony's mama leaps to his defense and tries to pull Papa off the boy, but he turns his frustration on her instead, slapping Mama sharply across the face. Tony and his mama are left crying on the floor while Papa returns to his place at the table and keeps eating. He shouts at them, You always make me out to be the bad guy. I'm not the bad guy here. <laughs> You're never going to see a bad guy like this again. <laughs> Outside their apartment down the hall, we see the taller little boy from earlier peeking out from inside another apartment. I thought you were going to be like peeking through a peephole. No. <laughs> Not going in that direction. We hear a voice from behind him shout, Manolo, get back in here and close the door before he disappears inside. So obviously the other little boy is Manny. Manny. Six years old as well. They're the same age, even though Manny's wow, clearly so... younger than Tony Montana. <laughs> so they knew each other as kids. Yep. As real kids. Yep, in my plot. So we jump forward to 1955, where we're introduced to a much sleazier side of Havana with casinos, prostitutes standing in doorways, and fat mafioso types driving around in flashy cars. We see Tony and Manny, who are now 15, hanging outside a seedy bar with two younger teens, Chi Chi and Angel, who I'm I don't very, have acted for. very happy that you have a sleazy bar. No, I've got to. Plot. It's the law. So you don't have uh, actors for Chi Chi and the other one? No, but I do have actors for Tony and Manny. So Tony is now being played by Germano Blanco, who is a Brazilian actor who I've never seen in anything, but I was just like, he looks Did the part. Did you just Google that and just yes. like, oh, yep, cool. He looks like Tony Montana. I'll cast him like a teenage Tony Montana. And Manny is played by Adam Irigoyen from the hit Disney TV show, Shake It Up. <laughs> Zendaya and Bella Thorne cool. got their start. Cool. So the four boys wait until a drunk man leaves the bar by himself. This drunk man, of course, is me, played by me. What a you, character. You keep casting yourself as the drunks. Is yeah, this just a role way you I can, can do? It's, it's just, well, I was a scientist in my Jurassic Park plot. I you don't were? know if I was drunk or not, but yeah. <laughs> Probably. So, this is the only place I could shoehorn me into the plot. So a drunk man leaves the bar by himself and they follow him down an alleyway where they beat him up and steal his money. Later, the boys are watching the Humphrey Bogart classic, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre in now, the that cinemas. Was, that was in the prequel books, right? He's a Humphrey Bogart fan or his father uh, it was. was in the video game. That's where I got it from. So they're in the cinemas. So Manny is trying to pick up a young woman sitting nearby while Chi Chi and Angel jeer and throw things at each other. No, it was in the original movie as well. Tony says, uh, I used to watch, that's how I learned English. I watched both. Yeah, that's films. right. There we go. There you go. There we smart. go. Well, I, I didn't even realize that was in the movie <laughs> until now. But it makes sense. Everything's coming together. But Tony stares up at the screen in awe. He wants to be just like Bogart one day. After the movie, Tony and his friends are walking home late at night, and Tony remarks in English, United States, one day, that's where I'm going to be. And if I live there, I'll never have to work a day in my life again. Manny agrees and says that he also wants to move to the US, but mainly because he wants to be a big movie star like Walter Houston. <laughs> That's cute. I like that. When Tony returns home, his heavily pregnant mama scolds him for staying out late and not going to school. Tony swears at her and says, what about Papa? He stays out late every night. He doesn't even have a job. The two shout at each other until Mama finally breaks down and Tony comforts her. I don't have a role for Matty D in this plot at all. Oh no, you didn't cast me? I'll work you in somewhere. I'll work <laughs> you, you in somewhere. You put yourself in the movie? You're like, Matty D, fuck him. <laughs> The following night, Tony and his boys follow another drunk in the dark and attempt to jump him. The drunk fights back, smashing a bottle over Manny's head. The drunk slashes at Tony with a piece of broken bottle, oh, giving Tony a nasty cut over his eye. Thinking he's been blinded, Tony flies into a rage and stabs the drunk several times in the stomach. The drunk stumbles further down the darkened street, clutching at his wounds, before collapsing under a streetlight. In the light, Tony can now see, with his hand over one of his eyes, he can still see out of his good eye, that the drunk man was actually his father. Oh! Chi Chi and Angel take off, while Tony and Manny are left to dispose of the body in a nearby harbour. He kills his own father. Now, in this movie, is his relationship with his father good, or is he an Obviously absentee not. father? Obviously or is... not. So he's a drunk, and when he's at home, he's beating up his wife and his son. Yeah, but Tony didn't know He didn't know it was his father. father. He didn't know it was his father. So his whole deal is he just rolls drunks. He and his gang, his little gang there, they make money from just stealing money from drunks. So 
He's just a standard night for them. Just because he fought back, he ended up dead. So it makes sense. Yep. So now we jump ahead to 1958. Well, here we go. Oh. We all know what happened in 1958. <laughs> where Tony and his friends are now working for a slimy Colombian gangster called Miguel Grangiero, who insists that everyone calls him Rocky, but no one ever does. <laughs> okay, why don't you call me Rocky? <laughs> uh, sure thing, Miguel. <laughs> Tony and his pals do all the heavy lifting for Miguel, who pays them very poorly in return. Tony clearly resents Miguel and often refers to him as that Colombian piece of shit under his breath. Calls him blocky. Like he's a blockhead. <laughs> Miguel in turn often refers to Tony as Caracotada, which is Scarface in Spanish, by the way, a nickname ah. that Tony detests. So he hates it. He hates it when people call him Scarface or uh, Caracotada. One evening, Miguel has Tony and Manny dress in flashy suits and the three of them visit an extravagant mafia-run casino run by an Italian-American mobster called Nicky Maiale, played by John Goodman because he has to be in all of my plots. Apparently not Manny D. (laughs) (laughs) I've never put John Goodman in any of my plots. Oh, you mean you didn't cast me? No, exactly. Maiale wears expensive black pinstripe suits and smokes Cuban cigars. Classic, classic gangster. Miguel gestures to Manny and Tony who present Maiale with a briefcase. Mayali snaps open the briefcase, which of course is full of cocaine. Mayali beams and says, Gentlemen, I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> As they walk off and catch a plane. Yes. Back at home, we see Mama Montana is raising a young daughter, Gina, by herself. Because obviously the father's obviously, not around. the father's not there. Tony stops by occasionally to give her a little money. <laughs> but the father never came home. I wonder what happened to him. Yeah. Tony's like, I don't know. Tony stops by occasionally to give her a little money. But Mama knows that Tony is up to no good and begs him to be a real man and get a real job. Tony shouts at her that he's more of a real man than his papa was and says, what kind of a man beats on a kid and a woman? What kind of a man abandons his family without a word? Mama still has a framed picture of Papa Montana hanging on the living room wall and we see from the way that she looks at it that despite all his flaws, she misses him greatly. Oh, a little tear runs down Mandy Dee's cheek. Why? He sounds terrible. <laughs> Over the next few weeks, Tony forms a friendship with Mayali, which is John Goodman's character, of course, who sees Tony as the son he never had. He promises to one day take Tony to America and tells him that the easiest way to pick up American women is to buy them ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> However... I think John Goodman just likes ice cream. Yeah, exactly. And maybe he likes larger women, though. <laughs> I don't know. See, in all your plots, like, John Goodman's always playing a, a fat, a, a heavier set guy. And he's not in real life. In real life, he lost a lot of weight, so... No, he has to put the weight back on for all my roles. Are you just demanding that he just puts on a whole bunch yes, of weight? Yes, exactly. Until I come across another fat actor who I don't mind making fun of. John not that I'm making fun of John Goodman, John, I just like John Goodman. John Goodman's agent is like, I watched a lot of Coen Brothers movies, so I always imagine him from those Coen Brothers right. movies, so... His agent's just like, John, look, we got a job for you, but... You're gonna have to start packing on the pounds. <sighs> start drinking those milkshakes, John. They want Fat Goodman again. <laughs> That's why you're not getting any roles these days, John. Because you need the roles back. <laughs> anyway. So, however, and this is a big however, on New Year's Eve, while Tony and his friends are sharing a bottle of champagne on a street corner, Mayali's casino is raided by rebels who tear it apart and set it on fire. Mayali attempts to fight back against the rebels, shooting several of them with a handgun before being overwhelmed and subsequently beaten to death. So kind of like the end of the original Scarface movie, he's just going out swinging? Yeah, essentially. It was sort of my like reference to that. I'm glad you picked that up. Tony takes this especially hard, and when Manny asks if Tony really cared about my alley, Tony reveals... His alley. <laughs> cared about his alley. Yeah, Tony Down the re- block. Wonderful joke. <laughs> Tony reveals that he really only cared about going to America. Or coming to America, too. <laughs> Speaking of bad jokes... Miguel's illegal businesses are decimated by the Cuban Revolution, and one day Tony and Manny find him hanging from a rope inside a brothel he used to own. Another reference to the original movie, kinda. How so? The guy that gets hung from the plane. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. I just Look at that. This is just me 
taking it from your blood. I sort of I left it ambiguous as well, so we don't know if Miguel hung himself or if he was hung if by he rebels. Was killed. Yeah, exactly. So Tony and Manny spend the next few years out of work, and they are eventually forced to join the military. So this, of course, is after the communist revolution. So they don't want to join the military, but they've got no choice. Yeah, they've got no choice. It's the only way that they can see themselves making money. Is there a conscription? I couldn't find if this was the case. Is it conscription? Yeah, you know what? I tried to look into that, and I was just like, you know what? I don't need this information. Don't come here for your cubist history, people. So here we see them put through grueling training, where the only breaks they get are to eat, and Tony is disgusted to learn that they mainly serve Octopus. octopus soup. There you go. You got it. He's got octopus soup coming out of his ears. Yes. One of their commanding officers, Capitan Pulpo, played by Diego Luna. Ah. There we go. We both got him in the same movie. We both Googled Latin actors and he was the first one that came up. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Now, he takes an immediate disliking to Tony due to Tony scoffing at the communist ideals that are drilled into the soldiers constantly. Pulpo consistently gives Tony a hard time. Does he tell Tony what to do all y- the time? Yes. Including having him clean his shoes and toilet daily. Referring to Tony as my little friend. He says, like, go scrub my toilet, my little friend. Hey, everyone, say hello to my little friend. He's scrubbing the toilet. Exactly. So one day while Tony is scrubbing Popo's bathroom floor, Popo is standing nearby laughing him and calling him my little friend, my little maid friend. Tony glares back at him and mutters, fuck you. Popo pretends to be offended. Oh, oh. And taunts (laughs) such language. Some great anger. Sorry, some great acting from Diego Luna. Exactly. So he says, oh, such language. Didn't your father teach you any better? And turns to leave the room. As quick as a flash, Tony pulls a knife from his boot and grabs Polpo from behind. Tony whispers, say hello to my little friend. Oh, God, Kieran. And in Polpo's ear. I'm sorry, that's brutally so slitting lame. His throat. Yeah, I know. I had to work that in there somewhere. The movie ends with Tony being hauled in front of a military court and being asked, why did you kill him? Tony simply smiles and says to the court, I did it for fun. And the movie ends. There we go. That's my So we don't get to see him go to prison? No, but it's presumed because he's basically guilty for the crime. That's why he goes to prison. And he's essentially getting a life sentence as well. So we don't get to see him become assassin. Yeah, that all happens in prison. Tried and tattoo on his his hand. That all happens in prison. That just happens. Yeah. So this guy, the the guy playing him is still the same guy who was 15. So I didn't want to have him too close to like Tony Montana's age. So so the actor still looks pretty young. So I wanted to end with him like in his early 20s, sort of Mm -hmm. mid 20s, which would still be reasonable for the actor. And then everything that happens later, like he grows into Al Pacino, essentially. Right. So I wanted to leave that ambiguous. So he is going to go to prison and then from prison, he's going to be shipped off to America. Exactly. That's all implied. So I didn't want to take it too close to the star Scarface. I wanted to keep it very much in his younger years. So there you go. How'd you feel about it? I didn't want to rogue one the whole plot like you did. Like I did, yeah. How did I feel about it? Yeah, fine. You want me to judge my own work? How do you feel about it? it. I I felt okay. Uh, About my plot. Oh, about your plot. I liked it a lot. There you go. Well done. And I liked yours a lot too. We just reach over and pretty, pat each other. It's pretty much like the same kind of plot. Essentially, like I said at the start, there's only so many directions you can yep. go with like a Scarface plot. But let us know if you preferred one plot over yeah. the other. Whose did you like better? Let us know did if you, you like ever... elements of both. Did you hate both of our did plots? Did you hate both of our plots? Yeah. Did we miss something? Did we make a mistake? Yeah, we I probably, probably did. did. <laughs> I probably did too. Is it not how you imagine Tony Montana's life being? Uh, do you have a better plot? Yeah, I'd love to see if anybody has a better plot. Where can they send their plots if they have a better idea? Uh, we've got a Gmail account. Yep. What's that? It's potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. That's correct. And you can also find us on Twitter, Potential Spoilers Pod. Oh, sorry, Potential Spoils is what we are on Twitter. Okay. And uh, we're on Instagram at Potential Spoilers Pod as well. You can also find confusing. us on Facebook if you. Where we're Potential Spoilers Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or you can find us on our website, potentialspoilers.podbean.com, where you can just leave a comment on our episodes page. That's it. 
So many confusing. I feel like I say it better each week. I say it a lot faster than Manny did. Look, it doesn't have the practice. If uh, if you go on Google and you type in potential spoilers, you'll find us. You'll find us straight away. That's the brilliant thing about Google. Look for the exclamation mark. The danger symbol. Almost warning you. Don't listen to this because, podcast. Because our shit. podcast is dangerous. Yeah, exactly. It'll we're dangerous. You. We're dangerous guys. As this episode has proved, it will hurt you <laughs> if you listen to it. No, I'm not that harsh. Anyway, so send us your potential Scarface prequel plots. We'd love to read them. Maybe we'll read out a nice one in there if we get you know, you get a you know, you know, no, you know, you never one. know. If you write a really good plot, we'll read it. Eventually. We usually do that for movie talk episodes. Speaking of, next week. We're doing another installment of Movie Talks, and I'm very excited about this one because we've been planning this one for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a slightly controversial topic. It's going to be a racy one. It's going to be a racy one. I won't say what it is until next week because I don't want to spoil the surprise, and I don't want to put off anybody listening to it either. Yes, it's an 18 years and over podcast. Exactly. I think it's that's all we can ever say. adults only podcast. Oh, how exciting. A little bit of a tease for everybody. We're a little doing, bit nervous, actually. We're doing a crossover with My Dad Wrote a Porno. No, I wish. <laughs> We'd actually get listeners if we did that. But anyway. By the way, I'm really happy that we only, or I'm really surprised, I should say, that we there was only one impression of Tony Montana this episode. Oh, I did some pretty bad impressions. I thought it was going to be peppered through the whole yeah. show. So until we return for Movie Talk next week. We'll see you next time. Say hello to our little friends. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst fucking ending I've ever done. Holy Holavasas. Holahadas.